Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the One Year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is February 6th, and our reading comes from Matthew chapter 24. Jesus begins by saying, After the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. I think what Jesus is describing there is probably nuclear war. And the fallout from that is all these nations rise up against each other. Remember, the church has been raptured out of the earth. And so that peace in the presence of the Holy Spirit and the influence of God's people has all been removed and now nations are just blowing each other to smithereens. Verse 30, then at last the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens and there'll be deep mourning among the peoples of the earth and they'll see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory and he will send out his angels with a mighty blast of a trumpet and they will gather his chosen ones from from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. So again, this is the second coming. So you have the rapture, you have the seven-year tribulation, and then the second coming. What's the difference? The rapture, we are caught up. All believers are caught up in the air with Jesus, but Jesus doesn't actually set foot on the earth. Well, now I think he's describing the second coming. After the seven-year tribulation, Jesus returns to the earth this time, and when he comes back, He comes back in power and glory. Everybody can see. And all of a sudden, they realize the God we've been rejecting, the Jesus that we've been rejected, he is king of the universe. And so they're mourning. They're brokenhearted over that. And Jesus returns with the elect, and he gathers up when he comes back. He gathers up all of those from around the world who gave their life to Jesus during the tribulation period. Verse 32, now learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. And in the same way, when you see all these things, you can know his return is very near. In fact, right at the door, I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the scene until all these things take place. So Jesus says, when you see these signs, you can know the time is near. And as we said yesterday, all of these signs described in Matthew 24, they are certainly more true and we're much more aware of all that because of technology than we've ever been. And I think that's what Jesus is describing. He's describing this moment, these days. I think Jesus' return is very near. And Jesus says, this generation will not pass away. Now, wait a minute. What does Jesus mean by that? I mean, after all, this happened 2,000 years ago. Well, scholars think he means one of two things. He either means those who see the beginning of the tribulation will also see the end of it because it only lasts seven years. So the the generation that sees the tribulation begins, they will be the generation that sees the tribulation end. Or some have suggested he means race, the word generation can also be translated race, and maybe what Jesus means is that the Jews 
will remain, they will persevere, they will endure until the very end. Now, that might not seem like a big deal to us, but when you study world history, nations rise and fall, they come and go. But the Jewish people have remained, God has kept them for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, which is really unique in world history. Verse 36, however, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself, only the Father knows. Now, it's one thing to say the signs have been fulfilled, Jesus' return is imminent. It could happen anytime. I hope it's today. However, if somebody gives you a prediction, if somebody gives you a list of reasons why Jesus is coming back in this year, you've got to be very careful about that because what Jesus says here is not even he knows, only the Father knows. So I think we've got to be careful. Now, why is that important? Well, he's going to go down in verse 45. I want to skip ahead and read verse 45 to you, and then I'll come back. He says, a faithful, sensible servant is one whom the master can give responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there's a great reward. So if we persevere through all of this, continue to be faithful, continue to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus does, there's a great reward for us. Verse 47, but I tell you the truth, the master will put that servant in charge of all that he owns. So when we're faithful now, we have an increased responsibility in eternity. But if the servant is evil and he thinks my master won't be back for a while, and so he begins beating the other servants, partying and getting drunk, well, the master will return unannounced and unexpected, and he'll cut the servant to pieces and assign him to the place with the hypocrites. In that place, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you ever wondered why doesn't Jesus just give us a date? I'll be back January 2025. You know, why did he give us a date? Well, the reason is if God gave us a date, most people, because we're like sheep and we're prone to wander and we love independence, most people would live independently and then try to come back to Jesus at the last moment. And our life would just be a mess. So I think God has intentionally made the details, the timeline about end times eschatology a little gray and uncertain to keep us on our toes and to keep us living as if it could be today. And so I think we need to live with a sense of expectancy. Jesus might come back today. So let's make sure that our life honors and blesses him today. Now, let me go back to verse 37. He says, when the Son of Man returns, it'll be like in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties, weddings, right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them away. This is the way it'll be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in a field. One will be taken. The other will be left. Two women will be ground and grinding flour at the meal. One will be taken. The other will be left. In other words, when Jesus returns, it'll be unexpected, unannounced in a moment. So he's given us signs, but he's not given us a date. And we want to live our life as if it could be today. So here's what he says in verse 42. So you too must keep watch. 
for you don't know what day the Lord is coming. Understanding this, if a homeowner knew exactly when the burglar was coming, he'd keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when you least expect it. So let's live our life prepared to receive our coming King. Let me pray for you. Father, again, thank you for Matthew 24. I thank you for giving us the signs, helping us to know what to expect and helping us to realize that the time is near. God, I pray that we would live every day as if you were coming back today. Live to please you, to honor you, to bless you, to be with you, to become like you, to do what you did, to be a blessing to our world so that when you return, we will be rewarded for our faithfulness and given greater responsibility in your eternal kingdom. Again, Come, Lord Jesus, come. We long for your appearing. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me. I hope that encourages you. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.